0: Welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. My name is Jack. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we are talking about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band, the movie slash musical with our very special guest, Dave Plemons. Dave, what's up? Yeah. You know, just uh,
1: digging on some, uh, old, some old memories from this movie slash soundtrack.
0: hmm We have producer Phil in the house as well. I'm here with a little help from my friends. With a little help from my friends. <laughs> Did um, you come in through the bathroom window? <laughs> so this film slash musical, um, it was the 40th anniversary of this on July 21st, very recent to when we're recording this. Um, I am very pleased, very pleased that Dave brought this to our attention. Um, we've You're talked welcome, about, buddy. We've talked about this for a while. Yeah. Uh, and we were just... It, we've had a hard time The last few weeks, uh, again, these are episodes I try to keep these as evergreen as possible where you could listen to them in 150 years and it'd still be relevant. Funky fresh. The last few weeks have just been tough. We've had some live chat things going on, issues, trying to get things lined out. But I think today I have a good feeling about this. We have uh, a live chat available. Uh, If you're ever um, paying attention, (laughs) Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. You can uh, chime in in the live chat. Uh, we've got uh, this podcast always available through Speaker dot com, studio DNA studio DNA.media, and of course iTunes, because everything's available through iTunes. Also on the radio, several stations around the globe, around the world, and on the back of an XPO logistics uh, truck on the interstate. Not really. But I digress. Big wheels keep on turning. <laughs> uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Um, Dave, what is your first remembrance of this album, the album that the Beatles album It's a movie based on a Beatles album?
1: You know, um, my go-to kind of goes back as big of a Bee Gees fan as I am. And we'll get into that, but I kind of go back to earth, wind and fire doing got to get you into my life. I had that 45 when I was a kid, not just the soundtrack 33 album, but I had got to get you into my life on 45. Um, I was a big fan of Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, even though here I am a Midwestern kid in the USA, <laughs> you know, not exactly a poster child for R and B music, but I really, really liked Earth, Wind, and Fire. And uh, that song is kind of a memory go-to. I remember hearing it at camp. One, I went to some camp uh, that my I si- my sister worked at a daycare, and we went to a camp one week or something somewhere, and they played that like on the jukebox, and I was thinking. Yeah, that's a great song. And I went out and got the the 45.
0: Huh. Um Phil Beatles Memories.
2: Um to be honest, I first started listening to the Beatles about um, 4 years ago, 4 or 5 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, a newbie. I I did not grow up on the Beatles. Um it was just not played at my at my parents' house um growing up and uh I knew a, so when did their um remaster stuff come out in the late 90s i want to say they had some or maybe early 2000s they had some remaster and some of my friends were getting into them but i still didn't get into them um and then i don't know what happened like um i think my wife and i were just traveling in the car or whatever and she's like well let's let's put on some beatles or i I can't or maybe i mentioned it or something like that and i was listening to all these songs for the first time like i mean i was in my mid-30s when i first started listening to the beatles but now i love them like and i i think i told you this the other day but i listened to their entire discography every summer uh, since then so I, i've listened to a lot of their music now but i'm i, I arrived very late you Uh-oh. feel like you
1: kind of missed out
2: yeah i i do wish that i'd grown up with some of these songs like there's a lot of heritage to even though they're not an american band america has embraced them so much over the years that i feel like you're definitely out of the norm if you don't know at least their hits and i feel like i i really missed out like you know that my buddies and and my buddies' fr- uh, dads and parents and stuff like that like a lot of people knew who these guys who their songs were and I knew of them. I, it's not like I'd never heard of the Beatles before. <laughs> like I grew up learning about the Beatles and all their inf- how they influenced all these other bands and stuff. But I never like really dug into their actual music until just a few years ago. I feel like I I missed out on that.
0: Well, and uh, my big, my first uh, experience with the Beatles really was I've played music literally almost my whole life, and I've known that the tippy top. Of a reaction that you can get from an audience is a Beatles level reaction. So, like Beatles, Beatlemania, I remember being very little knowing what Beatlemania was mm-hmm. and thinking, okay, if I play drums and play drums in a big arena or a big stadium where I, I get a reaction from a crowd, it's a Beatle level reaction. I know that sounds weird when I say it that way. Yeah. But, like, and so, but my, one of my first things that really tipped my, my, my trigger on the weird, uh, the weird nature of, uh Beatles stuff was just knowing they went from this mop top, kind of not clean cut, but clean cut for nineteen, you know, early sixties, to then morph to the end of their career, and you know, Lenin, John Lennon's a, you know, social activist, almost, anti-establishment to the point very, where he's getting yeah. killed for whatever reason. He's getting killed. You know what I'm saying? And uh, knowing that there's that transition that a musician that musicians go to, go through, they go from maybe the cookie cutter uh, milk toast version that they start out at, and then they become this morphed whatever that is, whether it was maybe the drug scene or whatever it is that turned them into that end result, mm-hmm. or just go them going kind of bored with playing. I can't buy me <laughs> they, they may have been the very first band
1: group that actually inspired like. A, a super
0: level of hysterical fandom.
1: Oh man, that you listen to some of their live
2: tracks uh, Elvis, and like that. We can talk about Elvis. And the well, live I chat. mean, that's why yeah, I said a yeah, band. Elvis,
0: you know, but of, of uh, in the of them and of them coming over, being on uh, Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan show, the, right?
2: The high pitched scream, screaming girls in the front row and stuff like that. It's like it's so iconic. People fainting at
0: their concerts, yeah, it like yeah.
2: literally fainting. That is so crazy to me.
0: The beat on the, in the live chat. It says that he saw all three weeks. Of them on the Ed Sullivan show, wow, that's awesome! Wow, that's really cool. That's cool. That's so not cool. Not a lot of people can say that. No, that's and, awesome. and I um, a big thing for me too was whenever Michael Jackson outbid, uh, Paul McCartney for the uh catalog, Apple, which is kind Apple, of funny Apple Records, because yeah. the, what was that? they Apple, did Apple Records, Apple yeah. the whole Apple Records catalog. Yeah, that's funny to me because, because they did weird. at least
1: two big duets together. You would think they were pretty tight, yeah. You know. I mean, the girl is mine. Ebony and Ivory, um, and say actually three. Say, say, say. Those are the three that come to mind. That were duets with Michael Jackson and uh, Paul McCartney.
0: And I just, uh, I'm telling you, like the Beatles, the the mark they've left on the music industry to the point where you know a decade later after this album came out, there's a you know a movie that's created based on a musical, um, woof. based on a song title, basically, <laughs> basically based on an album title, based on a song that they turned into this film. Like I said in the pre-show, it was based on a, uh, really the movie is kind of based loosely on the off-Broadway production um, of the Lonely Hearts Club Band on the Road, is what it's called, and they did 66 uh, shows of it. They morphed that then into this film. Um, the film is not very well received. What do you remember the first time you remember this um, movie, this film, Dave? First time. First time.
1: I saw it downtown Springfield at what the was, Fox Theater. Fox Theater, okay. Fox awesome. Theater downtown Springfield. And I was, you know, I was 11 years old. Um, it's
0: Springfield, Missouri, folks. Springfield, by
1: the way. Missouri, yes. Went, went to, uh, I can't remember what family member or family members that I went with. Um, and of course, I was a huge Bee Gees fan from the time I was six years old, which was, you know, five years prior to this, before disco really hit, I even I was a Bee Gees fan. Yeah. I I was dying to see this movie. I was obviously a Peter Frampton fan too because he was you know pretty big right then and yeah. So I was about it. I was ready to go.
0: And it was I mean there were was a lot packed? of people there. Yeah, there was a lot of people okay. there as I remember. Interesting. Well, let's talk real quick about the details of this movie. It is time a time for some deets. The details of the movie Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, directed by Michael Schultz. Let's talk briefly about the Schultzonator, as his friends call him. Um, he uh, is credited with, uh, now nah, it's TV made for TV, The Jerk 2. That doesn't really count. Car wow. Wash, he directed. Uh, Honey, Honey Baby, Honey Baby. Um, trying to think of some other ones here. Nothing just jumps out at me here. Not, nothing great. Sorry, sir. <laughs> Sorry, sir. A lot of musical stuff that's kind of grease esque which would make sense that he would do this. Uh, Richard Stigwood is... Uh, Robert credit, Stigwood. Robert Stigwood is the producer. You know anything about him? Jesus uh, BG's, Christ Superstar? BG's longtime manager. Um, he was, of
1: course, their manager through all of their big years, all their big hits. Um, and I'm sure that they made him an incredibly rich man through RSO Records. RSO Records, also the home of Eric Clapton, um, Samantha Sang, a lot of other
0: uh, um, artists that were... Part of their catalog. Yvonne Elliman. Elliman. And, and RSO also um, had a hand in Greece. Yes. Not their hands in Greece. <laughs> Ouch. But they also, um, what was the other musical they had? We said Jesus Christ Superstar. There was one other one I saw on the listing. Um, and they, um, I think Of course, thought, Saturday Night Fever was the Saturday biggest. Saturday Night Fever. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. And I, I think they probably felt like they had a home run with this 25 as
1: well. million domestic album sales, like in the
0: first year. Woo! Star Night Fever. Wow. Yeah, that's make a movie out of that. Well, made, and they were, trying dis-
1: to, they
2: were trying to duplicate that for sure. Like they hit Lightning in a Bottle with that movie, and they're oh, like, yeah. oh, we can do it again.
0: Oh yeah. Let's go down the listing of starrings a huge cast. And I'm gonna we'll go back to more of them later. Peter Frampton, the BGs, Frankie Howard, who's a uh, British comedian who plays uh, BD, the uh, evil record label executive, Paul Nicholas, Donald Pleasance, uh, Sandy uh, Farina, who plays Strawberry Fields, Strawberry yeah. Fields, uh, Diane George Burns, of course. Steve Martin, George Burns, Aerosmith, uh, which is amazing, Alice Cooper, which I, I, he was fun, Earth, <laughs> Wind, and Fire, and Billy Preston, uh, and that's there's more going. They use all the Beatles songs in, in their own uh, versions of them. Uh, release date July twenty first, nineteen seventy eight. Um, Thirteen million dollar budget for a poultry box office twenty point four million. Uh, when we come back, we will have a little. A 30 second synopsis. Be right back. Hey, everybody. My name's Mr. Kite, and we're talking today about Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club <laughs> Band. You want to hear a little bit about that? We've got Dave Clemens here with us. Dave, how are you? I'm Mr. Kite, I'm the mayor of Heartland.
1: <laughs> how do you even respond to that? I, I really don't know.
0: That's my George Burns impression as Mr. Kite, nice. who You're opens good. the movie up. Where's the up. puffing of the cigar every few seconds? There. I can't. Well, I had a hard time breathing there, it's true. Um, George Burns, an American classic. Um, to, but, so. but let's say this. Today, folks, like I said, in my George Burns impression, that was actually me. It wasn't actually George Burns. You wow. thought it was. It's Jack here with the Horror Movie Podcast. You just swept me away with You're that. listening to the Horror Movie Podcast. We've got Dave Plemons in the house. Dave, how are you? Great, how are you? You're back, Thank I'm you. great. Um, uh, Phil, producer Phil is over there uh, spinning records. And uh, producer Phil, and um, we're talking about Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the film, which is actually a musical. Uh, Dave has been tasked with uh, doing uh, his best impression of uh, someone who can find a way to synopsize uh, a really bad musical. Uh, can you do this impression? This is not going to be easy, but I will do my best. <laughs> um, just try, try your best. I don't envy you on this one, Dave. No. Mean Mr. Mustard, though, will come. If you get this wrong, Mean Mr. Mustard is going to come to your town and uh, sell everyone's real estate somehow. No, we don't really know how. Mean Are, Mr. Mustard, in this film movie thing, got everyone's real estate. If you if you fail this, you have to listen to
2: Yellow Submarine on repeat for the next 24 hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's enough
1: motivation. I am the
0: walrus.
1: Cuckoo-ca-choo. I can do I'm the walrus. I don't know about the yellow submarine.
0: All right. 30-second synopsis. Dave Plemons um, it is time for the greatest little segment that ever was in Heartland. Welcome to Heartland, everybody. <laughs> I'm Mr. Kate. I'm the mayor of Heartland. <laughs> All right. And thirty seconds thirty seconds synopsis, Dave Flemings. What's it called? This movie's called Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> <laughs> and go!
1: Okay, so after World War II, you've got Sergeant Pepper and his Lonely Hearts Club Band. Apparently, these are like magical instruments, and they bring love and happiness and peace to all who hear their sounds. So uh, you've got the brothers, uh, the Henderson brothers. you got Billy Shears. Uh, they form the band, the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. They kick around the town of Heartland. Uh, and then uh, somebody wants to steal the instruments, the, the the big deal guy, BD, and they steal the instruments. They get the instruments back finally, and love and happiness comes back to Heartland. Pretty <laughs> good, man.
0: Pretty that, good. That is way better than it's I would have done. It's hard to be concise <laughs> on a movie that yeah, not really, it really but... really doesn't give you much detail. And it's very vague, and you have to fill a lot of gaps in. Even for a musical, you have to fill a lot of gaps in. At least with like... Would you consider The Wizard of Oz a musical, right? Yeah, like the movie itself is a musical. Yeah, but it's got dialogue. I was and gonna it's say,
2: got... can, can I tell you the difference between those two films? Yes, please a lot tell of me the difference. The difference. There's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot.
0: Sergeant Pembers, Lonely Hearts <laughs> Club Band and The Wizard I, of Oz.
2: Can you call Can you call this movie a musical if it's literally just music and a narrator? They'll, literally, all of the all, and I mean all of the spoken dialogue in this movie is from one actor. It's from George Burns. Uh and, I am Mr. K. And, Welcome
0: to <laughs>
2: And very occasionally the robots which say just a few lines right. in the in the the cab of that van. So dumb. But but literally like if you're expecting any spoken dialogue like Wizard of Oz does or Sound of Music does whatever there is none. It was all song. It, yeah, it's all sung words in this movie except for the narration which there is sometimes like 20 minute sections where there's no narration, just a, maybe a few words on screen to let you know where you are. But um, it is just back to back songs. And we were talking about this in the pre-show, like how many songs are there in the movie? At 20, least 26. 20. So, I mean, the movie is two hours long and there's 26 songs in the movie. Like that should, that should tell you everything you need to know about the content.
0: Sad. And let me give you this one. Uh, I would say Leonard Leonard Maltin is a credible uh, yeah, sure. uh, critic. uh movie critic. His critique of it, in short, was the picture ranges from tolerable to embarrassing and just doesn't work. As for the Bee Gees' acting talents, if you can't say something nice. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Leonard. Uh, Anyway, so, and that's all, that's everyone's uh, take on this, I think, a little bit. Um, We'll get into the goods and bads in a bit. Um, let's talk about the plot of this thing. Let's do our best here, Dave. I know we're going to try to do our best, but let's really work are doing our best. Um, so we open with my friend, Mr. Kite, who I've done enough impressions of. I may come back to him later. I may have him <laughs> sing us out at the end. Um, but he is the mayor of Heartland, a fictitious town uh, in apparently the Heartland. Um, it's a beautiful, clean town, where Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band was from. They they played and saved the world in World War One. They actually yeah. In the came, tiny village of Flew de Coop. They went to Flu de Coop <laughs> and they flew in and they and they saved the world with his coronet and the bass drummer and the uh what's the other one? What's the other instruments in this thing? Trumpet. I don't wow. even remember. <laughs> Wow, sorry guys, you've you've ruined everything. Um, okay, so we'll come back to it. They're magical. Should have wrote that down. We've got to go on a magical trip. We'll go on a magical trip later, and we'll find them. There's a tuba. Oh yeah. Uh, there's some, one other one too. We got to find them all. Got to catch them all. Um, um, four, right? Yeah, there's four of them. Uh, so we will talk about that. But here's what I'm saying: they go to World War One, uh, the, the the German front. They save everyone. They play music. They make the world whole hands. They go to uh, World War Two. They save everything over in World War Two. Uh, Sergeant Pepper comes home. Uh, they they name they they have this magic weather vane thing that's in town uh, that they inaugurate Sergeant Pepper and dies in 1958 at the opening of his museum, the Sergeant Pepper's Museum. Mm-hmm. 1958. Uh,
2: he dies. By the way, this is the only landmark for the entire
0: town. Yes, like, well, that's all I care about. Yeah, <laughs> and they have a um, and they have a, a gazebo there as well. Which later becomes a cheeseburger. Um, But, that's true. Um, Every town needs a gazebo. Yes. Um, So they, then, uh, the grandson, we then say went to 1978. uh, And the grandson of Sergeant Pepper uh, is there in the town. He's the, uh, everyone loves him. He's Billy Shears, played by Peter Frampton. Um, And then he is best friends with the Hendersons, which is the Bee Gees. Uh, We have Maurice. We have Robin, we have uh, Barry Barry Gibbs, they're the Gibbs, and we also have Harpo and uh, Groucho. (laughs) And they um, come to town and they... they, Mark Bob and Dave Henderson. Yeah, and they get signed to a record deal by BD Records because they're so good at Big deal. Big deal records. They're playing their cool 70s post-disco rock. How would you describe the rock that they play?
1: The style. Know.
0: It's a Beatles song they play. What's Beatles the, what, what's the Beatles? Beatles-based <laughs> yeah. rock. Um what would you consider this kind of music? Is it I mean is it a Frampton song? Is it something he would actually play? A sound that he would actually create? I don't think so. I I
2: mean I felt like the songs were Fairly similar ba 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 to the originals. Ba 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 ba
0: ba. Yeah, they did but a pretty good job on the, a the harmonies more, and everything. Yeah, okay. Well they're good singers. They are well, good. Well sure. Singers. The, sing- the singing,
2: singing is clearly different because it's sung by different people, but the instruments I felt like were were pretty similar.
0: So they um are wooed away um by this um horrible contract from Big Deal payment Fame BD and fortune, records, the call fortune. Yes. They go to I'm assuming Holly yeah, they go to Hollywood. Um now the who's his girlfriend? Penny Lane? No, Strawberry, Fields. Strawberry Fields Forever. So she um, ha- is left behind there, working at the old folks' home or something. The bingo, <laughs> the bingo hall. I don't know where she works. And so she's there, left alone. And um, he goes, Billy Shears. That's the girlfriend of Billy Shears. Uh, Strawberry Fields. And she, go- he goes to Hollywood with his with his cohorts, the Henderson brothers, the BGS, and they're singing and having a good time. Um, they are. They have this. Uh, they have a horrible manager. That's their friend named Dougie. It's their cousin. It's the Henderson's cousin, right? No, it's Billy. Isn't it Billy's brother? Yes, he's right. He's his stepbrother. Yeah. He's evil okay. stepbrother. Yeah. He's he's also or a Shears. selfish stepbrother. Doug, Dougie Shears. I think Played by, by, by Shears. Paul Nicholas. Is that right? Yeah. Paul. Paul, Pretty good singer himself. Yeah. And yeah. so they um, go there. They it, sign this horrible contract. Um, and he's he got money on his mind. Yeah, he, he just, Dougie loves the money. money. That's what our friend my, Mr. Kite describes. How nice Billy Shears is how nice the Hendersons are, but Dougie Shears just wants to make money. They're in it for the artistry, Jack. But he's in it for the <laughs> money. He's in it for the money. So they go, and they're recording their hit album, right? Sure. Uh, with their horrible... With a little help from their friends. With their, a little help from, from whatever <laughs> musicians. Now, they yeah. meet the Diamonds, uh, the who sings Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Stargard? it's, yeah, Who's it's the like band Stargard. Female Band, yeah. Who's kind of a disco band. And I don't have any idea what their hits There's were. There's not much. They don't have much going legit. on. Well, there and they it. don't
2: sing very much in the movie. Like I think no. it's just that one song. They were right? talented. They yeah. Had,
0: well, yeah. Um, and so they um then are uh back in Heartland, the band or not rewind, the band instruments have been stolen by mean Mr. Mustard. Yes. <laughs> mean Mr. Mustard. Who's only called that because they have a song? By that title, yes, and he has these robots, these fembots, like from Austin Powers. It, it, it did remind me a lot of that, yeah. And they it takes uh, him a little while to do it, yes, so it does. Did, yes. He has to steal all the instruments because the v- FVB, um, <laughs> the future, future villain, villain band, villain band. They,
2: they never spell out the acronym until Aerosmith comes on the scene, But right. Yeah, like the whole movie, you're like FVB, what does that stand for?
0: FVB, and they're a digital based group. That's a front on this computer screen. Me, and Mr. Mustard, is basically their henchman.
2: By the and way, you know he's a evil. He's the villain in the movie because the computer screen says, uh, "We hate love, we hate joy, we love money." Yeah, <laughs> they sing that at some point, don't they? We yeah, hate love, they, they we it. hate
1: joy, we love money, <laughs> over and over. Um, that's
2: that's that is uh, that's their theme. Pr- that is pr- primo number one reason how you can tell a
0: villain is if they hate love and joy. <laughs> <laughs> it sums a lot of things up. It definitely. Cancels a lot of worries in your life out. If you're just (laughs) getting rid of love and joy, and we're worried about money, you know, you're building relationships, that sort of thing. Money, yeah, we love money. So, FVB um, in the house. So they're pushing him to steal all the magical instruments from City Hall. These instruments are what keeps the town of Heartland so wholesome. Uh, So much like a Smucker's commercial. It's a lot like Mayberry. It's a Cracker Barrel. Or it's a bluebell ice cream when there's not uh, a, an outbreak of uh, listeria. Listeria that comes to town. Yes, um, that's maybe that maybe that was me, Mr. Mustard that came to town. Bluebell there, Smucker's jelly. Did I already say that? What's another very wholesome thing we can talk about? Kellogg's. Everybody loves Kellogg's. Kellogg's. Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> um, maybe not as much that. Monsanto. <laughs> maybe <Y'all> not wholesome <laughs> things that everyone loves. All right, sorry. Sorry. Okay, so he goes and with the help of his fembots, steal and his and his henchman brute steal um, all of the Heartland uh, musical instruments. He keeps the bass drum and the he keeps the bass drum and one other instrument. They give the cornet. To um, Steve Martin's character. Which, by the way, they steal the instruments, and in a weekend,
2: that town goes to pot. Like, oh, yeah. Everyone just. debauchery.
0: Like... It's, it's, it's awful.
2: It, the, yeah. the, the, the town literally descends into just
0: all of a sudden, Well, you know what it becomes? <laughs> it becomes future um, Biff World. Yes. On, on Back to the Future That's, 2. I was sure. thinking that too. Yeah. It's Biff World. Yeah. Which is so much fun. <laughs> um, I mean, it's all fun. A casino's coming. It says coming soon, casino. Yeah. Coming soon. Whatever. It's you all, know. It's, it's all like the stereotypical thing, like worst
2: things you could think of a town right. doing. So yep. it, like over, over a weekend. <laughs> like that's just a couple days.
0: Um with that said, um, he also turns the gazebo into what looks like a hamburger. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to have mustard dripping down. And uh again in the live chat, David, uh, yeah, it does look like the hamburglar is very much involved <laughs> with what's going here. He is very hamburglar-esque. Maybe that's where Ronald McDonald, again, wholesome, wholesome family things. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, I could list off some horrible things that aren't. Um, <laughs> so, they, um, so here's the list of the bosses that they have to beat. The, the First of all, the bosses that have gotten all the instruments. Um, um, Dr. Maxwell Edison is played by Steve Martin. He has the cornet. Um, Alice Cooper plays father son, who's a cult leader, perfect cult leader. Uh, gets the tuba, and mustard keeps the uh, drum for himself. And the FVB wants what's the other instrument? Cornet. I don't, I don't remember. Did we get the cornet? Keep the drum, magical instrument. The cornet is uh, Maxwell. I think without the instruments, right. heart. I'm missing the other one. Where's what? What's the other instrument they got? I don't remember.
2: Anyway. It's, it's not like a guitar or anything because they replaced all the brass instruments with guitars.
0: Later. Anyway, so they, they are trying to track down all the instruments. Uh, the FBV gets one themselves. Anyway, so they uh, have the instruments, and now, luckily, uh, Strawberry Fields shows up in L.A., breaks the spell of them recording this hit album, and they, um, she convinces them to steal... No, 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 to go back to where you once belonged to um to um Heartland because they've got to fig- help fix the town. Robin's still singing, by the way, in the studio. Oh, darling! Uh, and then they and then they get him out of there too because he's clueless. Robin, he's <laughs> Justin Timberlake as Robin. That's actually a movie I'd watch—a spoof of this with uh, Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake as these characters playing these other characters. Oh man, that's what I'd watch. Um, so. That's a remake I'd watch so now we are blessed blessed with um they are going boss to boss finding these weapons of mass destruction these instruments of mass destruction Phil will you please sing the maxwell song bang
2: bang maxwell's silver hammer upon his, his head, head. Bang, bang, bang bang maxwell's silver hammer and she was dead.
0: <laughs> All right. So they Very go, nice. they go there. Nice. They fight him off. He has these instruments that are really, really weird, and they, um, they're they anti-aging. Um, I can't remember the song that Alice Cooper sings. We saw, we went to Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, and we saw live and in person because. Alice Cooper. He sang because. Do you know how it goes? Okay. I can't do. It. I can't think of it. Um, uh, because of the wonderful things he does.
2: Um, <laughs> did you feel like his singing was good in that scene? Like, maybe it's just his signature sound. We're not
0: right? at, Yeah, we're not asking Alice Cooper to be good. Okay, we're al- we're asking Alice Cooper to be. Um, D- did he sing? I to can't... be, dram- dramatic. Like like. Um, what, what what word am I looking at? I think it was a song. glam, almost glam rock. He's he is, um, kind of kiss like you know it, all. That that production is what matters. The production is what matters with Alice. There were
2: Cooper. some songs that were spoken. I, I think Alice Cooper does speak some line, some word. Like I, I mean, he's not singing the the notes. He may do some some other singing, but um, the uh, he's actually like a British comedian that played the Mean um, Mr. Mustard. Yes, and his song is "I Want You So Bad." Like he's he's singing quote, quote unquote singing that song.
1: I want you so bad. <laughs> they sang that
2: forever yeah, it, in the first yeah. part but he's with the, with it. the
0: women. Yeah, with the women in the band at the beginning, I was like, "This is awkward." I'm going. My I mean, was it, was, here it was very
2: Mr. robotic <laughs> and
0: like not even sung. So he's just like, "I want you so bad." <laughs> <It's Yeah>. Like <laughs> yeah. They're Christopher yeah. Walken. <laughs> and then, um, who else am I leaving out here? I'm leaving one out. Oh well, they get the bass drum because they steal, they steal the uh, Mister Mustard Mobile. Right. They, then right. they decide we're going to go back and have a charity concert in Heartland. To help the town out. We've been gone. To, and we're going to have a charity concert. They have all they have Earth, Wind, and Fire show up. And that that, that part's actually I, pretty good. I
1: want to interject. Yeah. On, on this song, oh, it got, is the yeah. closest thing. Yeah, about 50 seconds for okay. It is the closest thing in this movie to a legit performance that was like the same thing as what you might from what I've seen in videos, an actual Earth, Wind, and Fire concert. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like. It wasn't like acting. It was like them really performing a concert as if they were not in a movie. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was really legit. There
2: was only like three songs out of the 26 or whatever that I like legitimately uh, enjoyed, maybe a couple others. And that was definitely one of them. Oh, yeah.
0: And um, out of the reviews that I've read, that one, the Earth, Wind & Fire in it, uh, Billy Preston in it, Mm -hmm. and and Steve Martin are the three. They're like, man, they were trying, like, Oh, those, yeah. Of those three people we're really trying. I'll tell you what, when well, we come, come back. we come together, of course. Yeah, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this. We'll be right back. Yeah. And we're back. Uh, we, we're we here, the Horrible Movie Podcast. We have Dave Clemens. Yes. What up, Dave? What up? Uh, producer Phil in the house, and we're talking about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the film-slash-musical, uh, starring Peter Frampton. Frampton and the Bee Gees, the Bee Gee right. Bros. Yes. Hey yo, it's a me, a B.G. bro. Barry, Robin, and Morris Gibb. Oh, it's a me. Make us act. <laughs> anyway, so we're back.
2: And- um, we talked a little during the break, but the Aerosmith cover of "Come Together" is actually pretty good. Really solid. Well. Really solid. But outside of those four songs, there's not there's not a much a lot to like. Like, I that's and that's the sad thing about the film kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, that we were watching. Yeah. Um, is like at least you go to it to watch the good performances or the good uh, versions of songs and stuff like that. And a lot of them were passable, but I didn't feel like they, you know, blew me away. Like, but those four that we mentioned
0: were actually pretty good. Let me ask you guys a question Do you yeah. like watching uh, people lip sync to things? <laughs> obviously, Do you like that. Well, I didn't think it was as obvious as you think it was. In my opinion, it's that's hard just, to watch for me sometimes. What well, to watch Barry Gibb any more than any other? Well,
1: singing of Barry Gibb any any more than any other movie that's got stuff like this? Oh I mean, yeah, singing. I don't think it was anything.
2: I, I agree with Dave. I I think I think what's egregious about it is that it, it is two hours of it. Like I think every movie that has singing, you can kind of tell like there's some lip syncing going on. Yeah. But you forgive it because it's just like four minutes of the movie and that's typical really yeah yeah but two hours of watching that is just like shoot me like i about an (laughs) hour and a half into it i was just like i don't know if i can handle much more of this so we left off
0: um uh, by the way folks it's it's uh, the
2: eyes like they're singing with their eyes and like giving each other winks and stuff like that it's just like like,
0: bonkers um we left off (laughs) talking about earth wind and fire making a performance at the heart at heartland at the heartland town charity festival trying to get the town back on its feet um, it's very. The town has went into disarray ever since uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band went to L.A. to record their hit album with the uh, bad uh, big or the big deal record company, and the instruments that kept Heartland going, the magical instruments, were stolen by Mean Mr. Mustard. They have the charity event. The um, Sergeant Pepper's band doesn't get to play because. There because Mr. Mustard, Mean Mr. Mustard's van or his bus is stolen back, and they have to chase him in their magic hot air hot balloon. Air balloon.
2: <laughs> which was, if you've never seen a hot air balloon chasing, boy, let me tell
0: you, <laughs> it's riveting. It was riveting, and they chased him over <laughs> the top. They chased him to the uh, FVB, which is the future villain band, who is played Lair. by Aerosmith. Um, they're a rock band, a tremendous rock band, and this is the final boss they have to beat. <laughs> um, basically, he's trying to FB, FVB is trying to turn uh strawberry fields into a groupie for their band, and um, luckily though, Billy Shears played by um Peter Frampton shows up, and he fights his way to the top, uh, and beats up Steven Tyler. But there's a there is a cost to the victory. Uh, he tries to save her, but he,
1: she ends up falling. Yes, in Strawberry Fields. Yeah. Uh,
2: By the way, I read yeah. that that in the original script, um, Peter Frampton was supposed to kill Stephen Tyler, like in a, a scene, like you know, stabbed through the gut or really, it, yeah. And um, Stephen Tyler got on set, and he was like. No way! Am I am I letting that little punk Peter Frampton and me? I love that. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> and and so they changed it on set to him just like accidentally, like he pushed him and he fell. Wow! But also,
0: Strawberry Fields fell as well. So sad. Yes, <laughs> they have a funeral. She has a glass coffin. Um, it's very sad. Uh, everyone's down and out. The BGS are even sad. They're they're sad and pouty and sad. And um, I, I
1: made a note on this. One. Yeah. The song "Golden Slumbers" sounds really a lot like old Bee Gees, like mid to late sixties Bee Gees. How long were the Bee Gees
0: around as a band?
1: As a band, it was about sixty-six. Wow, sixty-seven. What? Yes, as as a signed as a signed legitimate, you know, Polydor or whoever signed them. Dude, that's phenomenal. So they were
0: dude 58 is when they formed
1: wow yeah i am blown away their, their dad their dad hugh was a uh a band leader actually
0: um that may be one for our new uh our new podcast day where we talk about the greatest albums of all time Do they have a greatest album they, they do the have uh BG's. bg's greatest is, yes i'm saying it what's their greatest singular album? do you have one on top of your mind that you think about is their biggest album
1: it would be re- very hard to pin that down because there were so many hits. But their their most notable recording was the soundtrack for Saturday Night Fever, which they wrote most of the songs
2: for. Um, which, by the way, we mentioned their their greatest, or they have a a release of their entire catalog, like it's it's an anthology right. of all of their songs. Yeah. The only songs that are missing are the songs from this movie. They oh yeah, you know, oh,
0: sure, but, but sure, Like we're not going to include those. You'll know. You'll
1: know if you if you look if you look at their discography. I think uh, between '78, uh, maybe so actually '79 was a big year for them. It's actually pretty amazing that they came out of this virtually unscathed. Yeah, from from that, a sales and popularity standpoint. Um, well into 81 they were still red hot on the airwaves yeah that is amazing there's there was one there was one period of time in 1981 where they literally a bg song occupied four out of the top five spots of the american top 40
2: Jeez. yeah and after doing this movie that's quite a feat <laughs>
1: oh yeah <laughs> you would think
2: that this movie would be really and then, the, be then the disco ba- then
1: the disco backlash Oh yeah, well I But they're around that long I I started Like I said I started listening To the Bee Gees uh, When I was six years old My brother gave me The eight track For Bee Gees Gold Volume 1 With How Can You Mend a Broken Heart Words You know New York Mind Disaster All those All those big Early songs of theirs And my first album That I owned Of the Bee Gees Was Main Course From 75 With Jive Talking And Nights on Broadway On it And this was Three years after that So I was That's why I was so And I was 11 when. So I was like Six when I started listening to the Bee Gees mm-hmm. and I loved them, you know,
0: it's crazy. Hmm. Um, so to to cap this thing off here, let's cap the movie off and then we can spin off into um, the, the uh, Beatles' Bee Gees mania. Um, <laughs> we have uh, they go back to Heartland, they have this funeral. Um, luckily, um, uh, Billy Shears is so depressed, not luckily, but he's so depressed that he's going to jump off of a building.
2: Okay, let me let me underline that. He attempts suicide in this yes. movie. This is a comedy, essentially. I, it's, not, I, it's not very fun. I didn't say it's it whimsical. So it is whimsy. There's <laughs> whimsy. Uh, the Steve Martin's part was definitely the most comical and crazy of the entire movie. In fact, it, it's it's so comical that it stands out as being a weird scene. Like the rest of the movie doesn't really gel with it. But um, but it's very I, Steve Martin. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And and it like we should say this is Steve Martin's biggest big. Like break yeah. out breakout movie role. We he were done, talking about this. He d- he'd done a short film before this, and he had done another movie that I don't think was in theaters for more than a week. So as far as like actual like given its chance
0: full run from as a, a, ma- a as from a, a major movie, movie student, actor, yeah. yeah. But his stand up was legendary before yeah. this. Like yeah, he, sure. he you know. had done
2: Wild and Crazy Guy and yeah. and one other album before this. But as far as like movie acting, this was his this was his first role, which is like, amazing. Yeah, which is and
0: then the year after is the jerk. Yes, which.
2: huge yeah and he and he just skyrocketed from there right right um but yeah uh so what i was saying is like the i mean i would genre wise i would say it's obviously musical but it's also kind of there are a lot of things that are intentionally supposed to be funny like they're not to be taken seriously like flew to coop and stuff like that oh yeah but um to put a suicide scene towards the end felt really weird to me like i I, it came out of left field i was just like why are you doing this in
1: a movie that's supposed to kind of be for giggles you know yeah so
0: and so he jumps
1: luck the love will make you do you know sad crazy
0: things unfortunately it's true the power of love that's the wrong song um but you get saved by a- by billy, Preston. billy Preston. <laughs> yeah. by the way so let's encapsulate this billy preston's uh thing on here by the way it's like wa- watching him do his thing to me was next level stuff you watch yeah. Billy Preston do this. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Billy Preston. Type in Billy Preston. Sergeant Pepper's only cup He was awesome. Yeah. He's tapping yeah. around. Really good. He's dancing yeah. around. Like, it was like, he was trying and succeeding. Kind of that same vein, a better version of what... Steve Martin did a, a fine job of what he was tasked to do. Yeah. Good Lord, he tried so hard. And You know, <laughs> but Billy Preston's thing was, like, good. on I mean, anything, anything you would put that in, it, oh, it yeah. would have been really good. He made the movie better. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: It was a great way to end it, almost end it. Um I mean, we talked about singer dancer type uh folks in the pre-show like MJ, like Michael Jackson. Obviously Michael Jackson was more accomplished at you know, as in a lot of ways, but um but <sighs> Billy Preston's singing and dancing reminded me a lot of that MJ kind of style of like I'm gonna groove as I sing all over the street kind of thing. Everybody cool.
1: during during that era, before and after, everybody if if there was an artist that said that their producer came to them and said, "Hey, I can get Billy Preston to get on your record." Nobody would say no to that.
2: Yeah. It's amazing that he was in the movie at all. Like a lot of artists were fleeing from this thing as fast as they sure. could run. But uh yeah, Billy Preston for some reason said yes and it, the movie was definitely better for
0: Better it. for it. Yeah. yeah. Um so luckily Billy Preston saves them. Billy Preston has magic, folks. Billy Preston turns <laughs> Turns Ming Mister Mean Mr. Mustard into some sort of a Pope or some sort of a yeah, what was that all Bishop, about, Dave? Pope, yeah. Help me, Dave. Weird. I don't understand what happened. Weird.
1: Yeah. I guess it was just like the antithesis of his former persona or something. I don't know.
0: Turned him into some sort of a holy man.
1: Somebody was somebody was turned into a nun. A
0: nun. The women were uh, Lucy in the sky was turned into a nun. The other guy was turned into a priest or something. Doug- yeah. Dougie, oh, yeah. Dougie by yeah. the end was kind of yeah. a bad guy, technically. Yeah. And so Dougie Fresh. And then they. Um, it was like some kind of a redemption. Yeah. I don't know. And then the town's put back to <laughs> normal. And then the whole cast, and then a cast of thousands well, comes together. You the forget
1: end. the big event. Tell me it. Strawberry Fields is resurrected. Oh, yeah. And he has so
0: much magic, he can bring people back from the dead. Yeah. And so they're back together. He was the magic weather vane that was <laughs> built into the power, and he turned into a person. That has powers. Um, here are some people. I'm just going to start <laughs> listing people that are in the vinyl, the final, the final thing in this movie. Yeah. I think the we big, are the world. We are the of, world, only it's you know, everybody and their dog. Keith Carradine is there. Yeah. Carol Channing is there. Jim Dandy, Rick Derringer, who you, who your. My you're, brother did an auction for. I love it. In Florida. Uh, 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 Leif Garrett, uh, Dr. John was there. Hearts, like the man the Heart, Heart is in there. Dame Edna was there. Hart is there. Etta James is there. Um, Hank Weems Jr. is listed as being there. This yeah. may be a fake thing. Wolfman Jack is there. Um, I could go on forever. Which, by Alvin the, Lee, Seals, Seals, and, Seals, and, Croft. Seals and Croft. Is that Dan Seals? Yeah. I love it.
2: By the way, they extended the invitation. Tina Turner. They extended the invitation to Frankie a lot Ballet. more people than this. Like the queen got an invitation there were like some huge huge bands Bonnie getting invitations and they all of them turned them down like they, my thought to this we're not going to even come close to this. They missed
0: thing. out. And they probably surely they tried to cast David Bowie in this thing, right? That would have been, been a big one. Bowie being a big coup for this movie? Yeah. Put him in whatever he wants a to villain. do. For, from from what I read once they read the script, or
2: lack the rev I guess uh they were just like no, sorry. I would have made him
0: <laughs> I would have made him into Mean Mr. Mustard or uh, the records company guy. Anyway, that'd have been great. So there you go. There it is, folks. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the film. We're not done yet. Hold on. Don't click off yet because here's the deal. Let's talk we about We don't
1: really want to stop the show, <laughs> but we thought you'd all like to know. Go ahead, Jack.
0: <laughs> do, 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 do. Goods and Jack bads. is going to sing a song and he wants us all to sing along. Sorry. Goods and bads. Dave, and bad. What are the goods? Give me one good of the movie so far. One good. Go. Um, Steve Martin stands out to me. Steve Martin. Yeah. Really? Phil. Good. One good that's not Steve Martin.
1: Um I mean, I feel like I'm just repeating
2: stuff we've already said, but I, I really liked what – I don't I do not know if I consider myself an Aerosmith fan, but I have enjoyed their songs a lot. And just Steven Tyler just is a he is a caricature of himself kind of human. Now especially. Yeah. And so I just really respect them for being in the biz for as long as they have. Watching Steven Tyler with his huge mouth singing uh, Come Together. That's great. W- with, like, leaning into the mic kind of
1: the way that the Beatles did. It was awesome.
0: I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Billy Preston, like I said. Big one for me. Uh, bad. Give me one bad.
1: You know, I wasn't really impressed with the whole uh, robot thing. I thought that was so campy. Kind of cheesy, really cheesy.
0: Yeah, there's so much campy
2: stuff in yep. this movie. Good. One good. Or one bad. One bad. Um, Let's see uh, George Burns singing. Oh at, my gosh. At the beginning of the movie, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> Here, George, let, let's have you mm-hmm. sing a song.
0: <laughs> um, I actually thought town actually <laughs> gosh,
1: I actually thought that Donald Pleasance did a good job in, the, in yeah. the, playing his role. Is he the um, record company? Yeah, record company. R&D guy. record guy. Right, right, yeah. right. BD. Um,
0: bads for me was just, again, I, you guys didn't feel it as much as I did, but just watching these guys, just watching their faces for two hours, <laughs> singing, like lip syncing and like trying to make you think they were really, really into it. And it's like, shoot me. Can I, can I know a really quick, funny thing about that? Hit I me. wrote this
1: down. So, so at the beginning of the movie, um, I, hold on at the beginning of the movie, Barry. Okay. Morris was always the drummer. Right. Okay. But Barry was playing bass, and Robin was playing the regular guitar, electric guitar, and Peter was playing the electric guitar. Later in the movie, Barry was playing regular
0: guitar, and Robin was playing the bass. They were like, who cares? <laughs> That's what I know. Said. I just thought that was really funny. Cares? I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a, a Robin Gibbs quote. All right? <laughs> He's doing an interview, and uh, his quote was as follows. This is Robin Gibbs. 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 Robin Gibb, there is no such thing as the Beatles now. (laughs) They don't exist as a band and never perform Sgt. Pepper uh, live in any case. When ours (laughs) comes out, it will be in effect as if theirs never existed. Wow. If that's a real quote, dear Lord, Robin Gibb, (laughs) what are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, they were very confident about this movie. They were. The only connective tissue really for this (laughs) and the Beatles is uh, George Martin. George Martin. Uh, who yeah. long time um, Beatles producer. Um, anyway, there it is. So let's
2: real quick. Wait, can, do you guys remember the brainwashing
0: scene where like, there's a huge room
2: full of people and they're just like watching the screen. It's, right, it's, the... There's a bond. There's a bond movie, James, James Bond movie where um, somebody is brainwashed by watching the screen play the same thing over and over and over again. And it, the thing that's being played over and over again is, is just that phrase that we called her out earlier where it's like, we hate joy. We love. It's we, so like we they're changing it, like, like robotically. It, yeah. We hate yeah. joy. We hate love. We love money. <laughs> and they're just like changing it over and over again. And these are the people that become like their army for right. The they're night, drones. <laughs> yep. But so, but so many that, things I could say. But that, that that part of the movie I was just like when it. But by the time, it says a lot that by the time that fairly late scene in the movie happens, I wasn't surprised anymore. Like I, I was so desensitized to <laughs> the campiness, the silliness, the like not even trying to be real, type of thing. But at that point I I didn't even crack a smile. It's was just like, yeah, just this- he like, didn't even crack of... a smile. <laughs>
0: um, so let's talk about this real quick. Let's <laughs> you stay a while. Oh, Sorry. Okay. Before the radio folks go away, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me. Yeah.
2: No. Uh, the the last thing I want to say as far as crazy weird scenes is remember that scene? And it's supposed to be like over the top, but they're they're sitting down with like the signing parties. They're going to sign them for, oh, yeah, the. Oh have the psychedelic it, and they have drunk these massive mm, bowl shaped goblets of wine. Yeah. Pretty they, bad.
0: <laughs> um, write this movie real quick. Rate it. I'd say uh, a three. A three. I'm saying it's a five. I'm going four. Okay, five is bad, by the way. Um, so check <laughs> it out. Um, folks, on the radio, we're going to go away right now, but you can find us at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Um, you can follow our show. You can become a patron of our show, patron.com slash Studio DNA to find out more how you can get all kinds of awesome stuff and support the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, check us out on iTunes, breaker.com, et cetera. See you. Okay. So let's do this. Let's rate. We've already rated this movie. Let's recast this movie. Oh, wow. Let's recast. Let's do two things, Dave. Let's do two things. Let's recast it based on other people. You have anyone you want that would have been alive at the time this movie came out to recast into these roles. Oh, man. That would make it better. Who could do it to make it better? The Beatles were all still alive. This is true. Would you cast them, even if they were willing to do it?
2: By the way, I also read this in the trivia since you mentioned it. Um, I think it was John John and Paul um, didn't even attend the premiere. Like I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> um, oh, no, I've got it right here. Let me find it. Um, yeah, uh, Sir, Paul Sir Paul McCartney and Sir Ringo Starr, who both they okay they did attend the premiere, subsequently shunned the film. John Lennon and George Harrison refused to view it.
0: Yeah, well, to them I feel like they probably felt like this was fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is equivalent of me writing a Wolverine story and be like, <laughs> "Hey, look, it's Wolverine! <laughs> Believe it." <laughs> who could you recast at the time? Anybody you come up with, or is there no point? Led Zeppelin. Oh, that's a different take. Led okay. Zeppelin
1: playing playing the band.
0: Okay. Were they all? Were they still? I don't know were if they, they were still all around? alive though.
1: I'm not sure. They no, they would have still been alive. They, they would have still yeah, been alive. I think they would have been. Um,
0: I'm thinking uh, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> 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 I a Southern them. Fried version. I don't, of, I don't honestly don't know wow. who, who I would recast at the time. Okay, let's do this now. If you're we were remaking this movie, listen. I was willed a bunch of movies by George Martin. A bunch of money by George Martin. <laughs> he said in his will, "Is he dead?" That's the question. Um, he said that I could, I have to remake this movie, and um, I, I have all this money, an unlimited amount of money. Yeah, he has. He passed away March eighth, two thousand sixteen. On March 9th, I got a telegram. Uh, it's actually a candygram from Mongo. From candygram, blazing sandals. Candygram from Mongo. Um, and I got it. Landshark. And inside of it, it said, Jack, remake Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Here's a blank check. You can only use this on this movie. Who would we cast in this movie if we remade it today? Are you making a musical? Or are, you are you making ma- it a musical? We want to make it a musical. We can have more dialogue for actors. Wow. We can have more dialogue for actors in it. So if you want actors, not musicians, if you want musicians, not actors... If you want a nice little inner sprinkling, who's one I would pick? I literally would pick. I might actually pick Justin Timberlake.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. got star power, man. Yeah.
0: I also would pick The Rock. <laughs> you you because pick The I, Rock for I everything. know that The Rock would make us money. <laughs> I would put Michael Myers in it. Oh, wow.
1: For I sure. I can see that. For sure. I can as see what, that.
0: As what role? Um mean Mr. Mustard. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, I was That's pretty good. That's where I thought you were going, but I wasn't sure. I could see that. Yeah. I also would pick I also would pick a I couldn't, you couldn't You know who
2: you know who would have to be the narrator? Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm Mr. Kite. <laughs> that would be awesome. Ha. I, I, I'm Mr. Cat. <laughs> all right uh who else El- i mean back back in the
2: day i would say maybe elton john or um yeah. uh rod stewart or something like that like i mean there were people that yeah.
0: Rod Stewart was very hot in uh so i would have taken david bowie too back yep. then i mean that would have yeah. been a yep. no-brainer again cliff richard freddie mercury I would, I would love that, but I,
2: I don't know. I don't think he would have ever done this.
0: Well, I'm saying... Now, now in modern times, though, I, I don't know how it translates as well, modern time. You got to remake it, though. It's going to be a musical. Um, So I'm probably going to get... Olivia Newton-John? Not in modern time. Oh, right. But today.
2: Yeah, how would okay. you recast Strawberry Fields? Because the the girl that, that played that role, I, I did not
1: think she was great. And she, she, she hasn't... Got, she She's the only one that won an award for this movie. But Sandy Farina <laughs> was a known... Quantity, I think, in England, as a, as yeah. an artist, she won an award. And it was for worst for
2: Australia, actress.
0: maybe. Yeah, really.
2: Yeah, I. Wow. I just thought she was okay, and her singing was not was not fantastic to me. But
0: okay, well, think on it then. Um, we'll have to come back to it. I can't I can't do a very good job on this recap. That's man. tough. It's hard, and it's hard. It's one of those where you wouldn't even choose to do this. Uh, what if we were going to make a Nevermind the musical? We were going to make a musical based on Nirvana's Nevermind album. Never mind. All right. So check it out. So um,
2: I uh, found this this quote on IMDb. I guess I got it from some article or whatever. But it says, originally, the Bee Gees and Fr- Peter Frampton were given dialogue, were given actual speaking lines. However, since they all had British accents and the film was supposed to be taking place in middle America, it was decided that they would do away with all dialogue and use George Bour- Burns' role as narrator to supply the do- dialogue for all the characters. Oh, <laughs> wow. <my> gosh. <laughs> I wonder how different of a movie that would have been, with actual speaking. No, pretty stupid speaking parts. Like there, uh, one of the reviews that I read from I think it's from back from the 70s, like when the movie first came out, was saying that the the plot is so disjointed because, it, two reasons. A, they're trying to build a film, fiction, a narrative based on lyrics to Beatles songs. Like the the Beatles did not compose rock operas in the sense of like all these songs are all for like one theme or like one, you know, like Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club bands was an idea. Like that all these songs would be taking place during this concert or whatever, but it's not like they were all like, that would fit like from one scene to another. And that's what they yeah. try to do. So they try to force these, these that's songs. That's a tall bill. But oh, in researching and how, that, and
0: how, you, how could you even do it? Well, but I researched that too. And like uh, when they, they didn't write, this song, "Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Arts Club Band, until about halfway through making the album. Oh, really? They were making that album, and they heard that, and then Paul McCartney was a huge uh, Beach Boys fan. He heard Pet Sounds, and he said, he kind of got the aspect of that being a concept album, and he thought, okay, maybe that's where we want to go, because we don't have to recreate any of this live. The Beatles didn't tour after 1968, so you didn't have to deal with remaking any of these sounds right. or anything. You know they could have three guitars on it and it wouldn't matter because you know another fact that I found that was awesome, which which was one of the causes of this album of the actual Beatles album was that they went on tour uh, and they you know had a huge world War tour in Europe. Then they go to America. After America, it, you know it's crazy. They went to um, Japan and. Paul McCartney talked about, and one, one, they had a bunch of death threats that, that were, don't go to Tokyo, you're, you're going to die if you go to Tokyo. They had a literal 30,000 police force protecting them in Tokyo. <laughs> but that's crazy. That, yeah. that, that's unbelievable. Of people, uh, like, fanned out to stop bomb threats and stop murders and blah, blah, blah. blah. They played to these huge crowds in Japan. One of them in Tokyo, they were talking about, George Harrison talked about how he, he was just done playing because they played, and in Japan, <laughs> the crowds and it's like this in wrestling too. Like the crowds don't react to things. Ooh. Well, I'm gonna sneeze. I'm sorry. <laughs> Great audio. Um, so the crowds, they, they, they sit there on their hands basically. The song gets over, they clap. They stop clapping, next song, and they don't react during the song. So the Beatles, the whole Beatles shtick is what. Crowds going crazy. Mania. Four, Mania. Four, four, you know, the liver, four guys from Liverpool are playing. They're, you know, little four instruments or whatever. And George Harrison and Paul McCartney both have said, we played and then we realized how bad our live show had gotten and how bad we sounded. Oh, wow. Because when we played in America or in, in Europe, all we heard was massive. I mean stir- yeah. We're just playing. It didn't matter. And you hear, they're like, we sounded god-awful. Wow. And they're like, we have to take time off or just quit. Yeah. That's why they all were like, we just need to quit. Wow. Because wow. they were like, we sounded so bad. That's interesting. But you wouldn't think about that, but like, it just would be deafening. And, they, and now, and we all know this because we're around music, We you have in-ear monitors or you have monitors. 1960s, they didn't have that kind of stuff. They yeah. had, did you, you might have had a wedge of some kind. Yeah. But it wasn't anything like the technology we have now. I mean, it was just this. Mm-hmm. And they may not have had a wedge. You may have just been playing just playing. So. so, if you're the Beatles in 1978,
2: wh- Why do you? Why do you sign on for this? Like, is it just to I perpetuate? Just to the, the, cash a check or like? Yeah. I, it's, I it's don't weird know to me. that they did sign on to it. Do they own the rights? Well, I don't know. I, I, I mean, we talked about uh, George Martin being involved, so maybe it was just his gig, and they couldn't say otherwise. But um, they they wrote the songs though. Like, they own the rights. To they the, own the rights to the songs. Um, or they did
1: at the time. I would estimate that George Martin and Robert Stigwood were probably very tight with one another because mm-hmm. they were I think they were, you know, about the same age, contemporaries, you know, both very successful in the music uh, industry. I mean
2: it's clear that at least two of the Beatles were not a fan of the film by the time it came to premiere. Well and they didn't sti- even show and, and up. And
0: Stigwood had Stigwood had made the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band on the road production. Oh the mm-hmm. musical. He'd made yeah. that musical. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, If you look at the logo, by the way, if you look at the logo of Robert RSO
0: Records and the logo of Big Deal Records, it's kind of similar. (laughs) Here we go. So Stigwood bought the rights, purchased the rights to 29 Beatles songs for the play, and he wanted to do more with those songs. So he bought the rights to 29 Beatles songs, and that's how they were able to do what they did. I don't think the Beatles had any consent to any, any of it. Anyway, crazy. Wow. On another show, I'm sure we'll dive deeper into this when we cover the greatest albums of all time.
2: But. I think I think my last comment on the movie is it it was supposed to be I, I bet when they were coming up with the idea for the movie, and you could tell by that quote from what was it Peter Frampton that said no it was one of the Gibb brothers Robin Robin. Um, you know that this movie is going to be amazing. Everyone's going to forget about the Beatles. I think they started out really believing that this movie would be just an incredible tribute to one, yeah, of, one of the yeah. greatest bands of all time yeah. who
0: influenced them yeah and it, you know or at least at least uh frampton the bee gees predate the beatles which is amazing to me yeah. sorry well, yeah <laughs> but, but not as far as but there's with not, not as far as american success at be, all would they would they be considered with the bee gees aren't necessarily considered a contemporary at the same time as the beatles right at least not in america
1: right right weird because oh, weird. they they were big they started off big in australia you know and and in england in the the mid to late 60s mm-hmm. and didn't hit american success until about 68
2: yeah I, I think they had good intentions with the film um, but the end product was just
1: no- oh, they, nothing could have they, been like further. you said they probably thought it was going to go over really really big yeah and and really frankly before anybody saw the movie, why shouldn't it?
2: Well, they just done Saturday Night Fever, and it went over huge. They, so. they were
1: literally at the pinnacle of their success. Yeah, what a weird,
0: it's weird, weird deal. Well, yeah. again, all- it was
1: like musically the, the producers probably said anything you touch right now will turn to gold. It was it was a no lose prospect.
2: Yeah,
0: we've done it with Saturday Night Fever. We've done it uh, with what's the other one you guys said? We we we've we've with Greece we've Greece. done this with yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, this is going to be another another one of those, right?
1: And that, why shouldn't it? The, the
2: fact that it made money at all at the box office is only a testament to the Beatles, not not to any of the the actual showmanship of this film. So,
0: well, and they all got paid anyway. Well, and the Bee Gees. I mean, people were yeah, Frampton crazy. and the Bee Gees yeah. were hot at the time. Yeah, and they, they were all. crazy. People but, were crazy for them. But
2: all,
1: I mean, yeah. I, I I okay. I was I was a. Maybe no more than 13, 14 years old. you know, I was talking about being 11 when this came out. No more than 13 years old. In my record collection, when I was that age, I had this soundtrack, Frampton Comes Alive. I had a Steve Martin album. I had a, and a, another Saturday night Fe- or Saturday night live album. I had the Saturday night Fever soundtrack. I mean, all of these, all of these things I owned as a young person in that day, there was no reason to believe that they wouldn't believe that this was going to be yeah it, huge. You
2: know, I hadn't thought of the what you just said about the soundtrack. I even though I would never watch this movie ever again. Yeah, if I have anything to say about yeah. it. Yeah, um, I think I would listen to the soundtrack. Like the just the song. Yeah, the songs aren't bad. It's mm-hmm. uh, the visual representation of the songs right. on screen is just abysmal. Right.
0: Let me end uh, this the movie talk with this the tagline of the movie. A splendid time is guaranteed for all. <laughs> splendid, splendid. Um, Dave, let's do this. What? Uh, hey.
2: You want to do my uh, Beatles game first, and then we'll. Oh, yeah, what's the Beatles keep, game? Keep it on Beatles. What's the name more? of the Beatles game? Okay. Last, last
0: Beatles thing. Um,
2: I'm just gonna. What's c- it gonna be called? I'm just gonna call it, um, Beatles Song Mania. Um, no Beatlesong song. Tri- Beatles song review. Okay. I, this is a review. What I have done is I have composed an official Phil's... Beatles song th- review? At pr- pr- no. Pr- producer Phil's official review of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band using titles to Beatles songs.
1: Are they on the and soundtrack?
2: Wait, uh, not necessarily. Okay. Beatles songs. Any, anything from Beatles songs. All right. You will find a certain number of Beatles songs in my review. It's about um, I don't know ten or twelve sentences, and okay. you'll 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 find you, I will mention Be- the names of Beatles songs, not Beatles lyrics necessarily. I'm we're Beatles looking for song titles, titles, titles of songs, and this is
0: in your review.
2: Yeah, uh, they uh, they are um, just peppered around. Uh, if, if oh, I can, if, if I can use that. No, oh, there you go. <laughs> nice, <laughs> um, nice. That uh, peppered throughout the review are references to to beatles titles okay what you guys have to do is tell me and you, you folks at home you can play, play here's how you're gonna us. play
0: in your car if you're listening to this show in your car <laughs> it's it when you hear one honk your horn there you go no matter where you're at honk your horn <laughs> if you are in bumper to bumper traffic honk your horn if you are maybe on a sting operation maybe you're you know maybe undercover a policeman or something <laughs> Honk your horn whenever you hear one of the Beatles songs.
2: Okay, you both are going to need a paper and a pen. Oh my um, lord! You're what you have to do is at the end of my review, tell me how many Beatles songs I mentioned in my review. Okay, wow, We're
0: ready?
1: Players th- th- at home. That's all. That's all we have to do is the number. Uh, yeah, you just have to
0: know the number. Okay. Uh, and we gotta give it a better title for this than what I, you I just said. I can't oh. think of a good title. <laughs> 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 <laughs>. <laughs> 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 produced the fail's Beatlemania trivia, trivia. <laughs> 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 it's a produced the fail's Beatlemania trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, <here's> <laughs> trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With a producer yeah. like that, you know you should be glad. And when he wants to play a game, I think we will do that. Cause he's producing this show. Producer Phil. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's and, producer Phil. We'll, we'll
2: have to post this on our Facebook um page or something like that so people can, can read it and play along. Right. Okay? Go ahead. All right. Here we go.
0: The the, okay, so, the so, review starts now. Okay, so Phil this is Phil's review of the movie. Yeah. And embedded into the review, Beatles. Titles, uh, titles of Beatles songs. So if you're
2: playing at home, hopefully you're not driving and doing this, but grab a pen, piece of paper, and start doing tally marks as I go through and start counting them. And I'll give you the official number at the end.
0: All right, let's do that. Here we go.
2: Starts now. Doo-doo. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Ugh. I watched it yesterday, and I was, and it was total misery for me. Do you want to know a secret? Some of the musical portions were actually a taste of honey. There's a place in the movie that had Aerosmith singing that made me want to twist and shout. But most of the time, I felt like everything had been uh, planned out by a little child. I should have known better than to watch this dredge. After 20 minutes, I thought, I've got a feeling this thing will be getting better soon. Boy, was I wrong. Look, I like rock and roll music, but this thing, this movie need needed help. The actors just needed to act naturally, but they just couldn't do it. When I saw Peter Frampton, I said, baby, you're a rich man. What are you doing in this movie? <laughs> they had Steve Martin and George Burns, but still it just, just couldn't come together. At one point, I thought, it won't be long until this thing is over. All I've got to do is wait it out. But then I saw that there was an hour left. It's just way too long, long, long. I I thought I would dig it because I love the Beatles, but trust me, if you get the chance to watch this, say hello, goodbye, let it be, and then run for your life. Oh my gosh! Maybe I'll like this film better when I'm 64.
0: Okay. Okay. So I I found that fun. Your wife, uh, before we came to record this today, she hated it. We you were prepping and pumping up. Um, you were pumping up this game, and she goes, "It's not fun." <laughs> And I knew better than to think that. Does she like podcasts? No. We've got to build our female audience for this (laughs) podcast. Women, and I'm not saying just this podcast. Women in general are a weird audience for podcasts. They don't necessarily like to hear people talk. And it may be because only men are talking on podcasts, and women don't want to hear us talk any more than we already talk. That could be. Normally, it's the opposite way. Yeah. Where men are like, I'm tired of hearing her talk.
1: So do you, do you want
0: numbers now? Okay. Yeah. Let's. Uh, I don't have names of songs, or I don't have names of them. No, you don't have. I to. I just made tallies because yeah. I, I yeah. couldn't write down faster. Yeah.
2: I mean, you just you just count up your tallies and just tell me the number that you came up with. Whoever's closest wins. Twenty-seven.
0: Wow. Good. I, I got twenty-two. I missed a couple. I know.
2: Okay. The correct answer was twenty-five. Oh. So Dave was closer wow. by two counts, and you were wrong. No, I, okay. I went over. He went if over. If
1: this is The Price is uh, Right, is I would have lost. Right. What? <laughs> all right. So
0: you know what you win, Dave? Nothing. A return trip to the Horrible Movie Podcast whenever you want Right. All right. To. All right. Um, order to do my new show or our new I'm show. I'm just a real nowhere man living in my nowhere <laughs> land. I tried to fit that one in, but I couldn't yeah. think of a way to do it. All right. So let's do this. <laughs> Thanks for playing, guys. That was great. I, I enjoyed it, Jessica. Jessica, that. I know you didn't like it, <laughs> but my gosh. it was Too so bad. Fun. It was so much fun. Uh... Can't buy me love, I guess. That's bad. <laughs> All right. Dave, what have you been into lately? Game, movie, um, TV show, uh, song, radio, um, snack. I haven't done that one before. Snack. Um, I don't know what else. Well, uh, I was
1: thinking about this. Um, Record. There's, there's a song. Yeah, there's a song. Um, so Fidget Spinner. The, <laughs> it's kind of a, this is a six degrees. Kevin Bacon kind of thing. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie. Yeah. yeah. 70s music. 70s. Okay. Peter Frampton. Um, <coughs> somebody else that was around during that time and a big part of their heyday was a band that I really love, the Doobie Brothers. Mm. Okay. Michael McDonald. Yes. Michael McDonald came from the Doobie Brothers. Michael McDonald, in his solo career, did a song called Yamo Be There with James Ingram. I like his version, but there's not a whole lot of people (laughs) that can take an original and actually, in my opinion, improve on it. And there's a guy, and Phil may know who this is. Um, He's a Christian artist from the 80s named John Gibson. He made an awesome, awesome version of Yamo Be There. Um, And uh, that's what I've been digging
0: on. Jamming on. Yeah. We be jamming. Yeah. Well, very cool, uh, Phil. What have you been into lately? Anything off the top of your head? Uh, you want to come back to me? What do you? What have you been? I've well, been to? we um, we went on a uh, fun trip, a oh, fun yeah. road trip uh, to Destin, Florida. It's the second time we've been to Destin on a trip uh, in the last three or four years. Uh, four years is like four four years ago is the last time I went. Um, we had so much fun. Um, it's just fun to get away. I love the beach, the sound of the beach, waking up to the sound of the beach. Um, I don't mind sand. Some people hate sand. It gets in everything. It's all you know. It's in cars. It's in Kramer's shirt on Seinfeld when he goes to the beach. <laughs> Does he smell like the beach? He smells like the beach. Did you smell like the beach? I always, Yeah, I, I like the smell of the beach. But I love that trip. We had a great trip. It was so much fun. My son and my wife and I, and we went with our in-laws. I have phenomenal in-laws. I mean, I talk like I know how there's some people that are like dread to see their in laws. (laughs) I look forward to hanging out with my in laws. They're fun. It's awesome. They're creative. We have a good trip together, you know. Everyone just kind of gets along and we have fun. We have a lot of like interests. Um you know, and that may not always be the case, but we always have a good time. I'm probably the weirdo of the group. So maybe that's why I have so much fun, because I'm the weirdo and they're like, golly. He's a weirdo and he's going with us. You know what I'm saying? But we have fun. It's a good trip. That's what I've been into lately. Were you the class clown when you were growing I up? I was a, a moderate class clown. I'm not a potty humor guy. And I always feel like the class clown has to light people on fire with fireworks or, you know, wedgies, that sort of thing, fart jokes, things like that. I just don't really think that way. Um, I like to have fun. It's fun. I don't pick on people, don't really believe in that. Um you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I just don't like that. But yeah, I mean I may be close. There's probably a couple other people in, in our class that were more closer to that that. I'm more of we're gonna have fun. to be a fun time. I'm gonna be maybe the funniest. How about if I say I'm the funniest? I also won friendliest. <laughs> there you go. With the ladies. All right, go ahead, Dave. What what <laughs> did you uh that was a joke. Uh what did you um what have you been into lately? You already said that. You already told me about this. Yeah. Yeah, let's come back to He's you, be, producer yeah. Phil. <laughs> Um, I went to... Michael McDonald's, what you've been into lately. Heavenly Ram- Father, oh. watching us fall. You <laughs> ready? Well, you don't know me, but I'm your bro, brother. All right, Phil, what have you been into lately?
2: Uh, I went to a Comic-Con uh, in Springfield yesterday. It was just a one, very small uh, Comic-Con, just a one-day only. What was it? Uh they call it, it's called Rubicon. Uh it's yeah. th- there's, there's a, a comic book shop in Springfield that most people would know called Rubble and um uh, so he puts on this is the eighth annual like they've done this every year for it's 8 crazy. years now yeah uh, Rubicon uh, it's just a single room uh, I think uh it's it's about the same size as uh, when we did uh, MegaCon in Lebanon it's yeah. it's a smaller de- So it's deal. like
1: is it like the casino in Vegas vacation where <laughs> You know, you have just, like, a single room and yeah. you go table to table. Yes, that, Sorry, that's awesome. basically it. Dominoes. Yeah, I th- dominoes. <laughs> you I think play.
2: I think there was maybe 25 booths, um, 28 or whatever. But um, I, I would just say support your local cons. I mean, whatever city you live in that you're listening to this. Uh, if you've never been to a Comic-Con, give it a shot. Um, I think they're really fun. We've talked about it on this show a little bit as far as, like, how – Uh, enjoyable it is and how friendly everybody is at these things like it's it is like a no judgment zone like it's really cool um there were people in costume um there were lots of um not just comic books Uh, maybe people think that it's mostly just comics but they had all kinds of um I picked up a couple Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures they had posters they had um you know little crafty type things um all of it you know pretty nerdy Star Trek that kind of stuff but um, if you're into that kind of thing,
0: it it was awesome. So it's just such a different audience, and it's um we've talked about this before. It's a very accepting audience.
1: Yeah. You know what Where I'm does saying? the name come
0: from? Uh, it's it's based on
2: Rubel Meiser. So um uh the guy that owns that comic shop, his last name is Rubel Rubel It's kind of a weird last name. But Sounds
0: like a villain from Sgt. Pepper.
2: <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. Ruble But yeah, he just took the first part of his name, Rubel, and just
0: for the benefit Rubel of Mister Rubel <laughs> let's, let's do something real quick. <laughs> What um and now we've talked about his last name. What, what Ruble, How do you spell Ruble Miser? Rubel. So it
2: looks like Rubel, you, Ruble, R U B L E and then uh, Miser. M I Z E. Okay, let's
0: find this website because we're gonna we're gonna pump out this guy's okay, uh, sweet. thing here. I uh, go to Facebook and we have a Facebook page for Rubel Miser. Rubel Miser's comics and cards. Um, I, their Facebook page. If you type in Ruble Miser's R U B L E. M-I-Z-E-R-S. Um, that's comics. So, it, it, honestly, if you do uh, at Rubomizers on um, yep, on Facebook, then uh, you will find his store. He also has an eBay store that I'm seeing here. Uh, stores.ebay.com slash and then on, that would mean on, it would be rubomizers 417 is his comic book uh, store. Uh, I'll pump that out. Uh, check them out. If you're looking for collectibles, I'm assuming, Phil, you've shopped there, I'm sure. Yes. And yeah, you can probably really, give them a wrap. he got a good shop. Yeah. Um, I don't see an actual website, like a hardcore-like website, but that eBay site, like we said, RubbleMizer is 417, and then their Facebook is at RubbleMizer. You can find all their stuff on there. So
2: He's done uh, comics and collectibles in Springfield for a long time. So. Check them out, guys. Yeah.
0: yeah. There you go. Pumping them out. Uh, tell them that Horror Movie Podcast sent you, and they'll go, What? <laughs> So, anyway, anyway, there he is. So, uh, 417 882 0070. You know what
1: would be fun? Just saying. Yeah, tell me. To go to a con dressed as Billy Shears and the Henderson brothers. Oh, my gosh. And people go, what are you guys? I think that would be fun. You know, we're,
0: you know, we're. And then then we could all sing with Sergeant Pepper's Lily Arts Club Band. Over and over and over. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. That'd be fun. Dave, anything else? You know, um,
1: thank you for doing this movie because uh, oh, we fun. we thought we thought you know this is a anniversary the the week of the anniversary of yep. the American release forty years ago, it was forty years ago today whatever <laughs> yeah um, yeah and um, it's I mean I of course come from a place where I'm a super huge Bee Gees fan I was a fairly big Beatles fan but not anything like I was a Bee Gees fan and not anything. Peter Frampton-ish as I was the other two, but I like Peter Frampton okay. But yeah, it was just one of those iconic things is as a kid, I saw the movie in the theater, owned the soundtrack, was a big Bee Gees fan. Remember how campy this movie was, but also how horrible it was as, as a movie. And we've been joking the last several hours in prep for the show, it's not a movie, it's a musical. <laughs> yeah, Because that's the only way to justify our tolerance of, of what happened there. And there were some real hits that came out. I mean, the iconic version of "Come Together" by Aerosmith. You know, "Got to Get You Into My Life" by Earth, Wind and Fire. Right. Still big hits today. Yeah. Um, you know, it yielded some good airplay for a lot of artists, even though it was a abysmal um, treachery of uh, celluloid, celluloid, or <laughs> you know, celluloid, or whatever it is that is put on, is put on uh, on film. Um, <laughs> You know, but it it is what it is. It was what it was. Uh, learn from it. Yes. You know, and or be or be, do- and, or be doomed, yes. doomed to repeat it.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Jeez. Exactly. All uh, right. Yeah, fun stuff. Well, good having you on, Dave. Phil, thank you. Uh, thanks, Phil, for doing what you do. Thanks for the game you brought to us today. Yeah, that's fun. And thanks for telling us about <laughs> um So and don't forget
1: John John Gibson's uh, y'all will be there. Y'all won't be there.
0: Yahmo be there. will be
1: there. <laughs> Yah, Y A H, which is a, uh, it's a, it's an abbreviation of Yahweh. Oh, okay. I don't know where the I don't know where the mo comes from. Yahmo,
0: um, mo, yeah, Moses. Maybe Yahweh and know. Moses. Yeah, maybe. Never mind. All right, Dave, you're the man. Thanks so much. Um, I wish we could play some BGs right now. We could play some BGs on the way out. I guess we could. No one cares. Have yeah, the ability to pull up on Spotify real quick some beach? Yeah, what do you what do you want to hear? Dave? Actually, well, you should I, I think
2: we can play anything that's thirty seconds or less. Probably just play just play do a little jive S- talking,
0: or just play something off Sergeant Pepper's. Maybe. <laughs> Surely we can't get played for playing Beatles songs. Surely. <laughs> What's what was that would BG never song? happen? BG ah.
1: song jive talking. If, if you want, yeah.
0: We're gonna have the Bee Gees play us out, folks, because that's what that the kind of cool cats that we use. You know
1: how they came up with the with the rhythm for this song? Uh-huh. They were going over a bridge, and and it was a wooden bridge. It's and they heard the they heard the yeah they heard the clickety clack of the of the wooden slats on the bridge, and they they tried to mimic that for the rhythm of the song. Cool, that's brilliant. It's brilliance, and it was actually huge hit.
2: It does sound like that. That's crazy.
1: Little Moog synthesizer. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, Listen,
0: Listen to that, Barry. It sounds like the clickety-clack of a... Oh, yeah. Kick-a-click. 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 Yeah.
1: Well, with that so, so said,
0: good. we'll see you all later. Thanks for coming into podcast country again. Uh, Dave, you're the man. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. fun Bill. times. Um, Thank well, you for the audience that was listening and uh, oh, chatting with yeah, us. yeah. Live chat folks are great um we'll see you guys soon for a little more jive talking <laughs> <laughs> i think that'd be a great name for a tribute band to the bgs
1: better than staying alive that's going to play in branson
0: jive yeah jive, jive talk or uh, jive alive how about that jive like alive that. that actually sounds like a java live could be our coffee shop all right so we'll see you guys soon thanks for tuning in Bye bye